Hello everybody, welcome to this game where's office Christmas party with me, Ashley, and the other one. Uh, Chris, hello Ashley. Did you forget who you was again? I did, I've been on the beer at the office Christmas party and I've forgotten who I... Me too. I've forgotten I my very name. actually have got a beer, so lucky me. Oh, I've been drinking tea, I was just playing a character. I'm completely oh. stone cold sober. Well, Solba sounds yeah, like it. Yeah, what an irony! <laughs> I'm Stone Cold Slubbler. Oh dear. <laughs> we are. It's Christmas. It's Christmas tomorrow. When people can listen to this, it will be Christmas tomorrow, which is a bit of a feat, isn't it? It is. Very Given exciting. that it was March yesterday. Yeah, crikey! Now it's Christmas. Yep. <laughs> and we're doing something a bit different today because it's Christmas Eve. We're feeling a bit festive, so we're going to... Well, do you want to tell them what we're going to do, rather than me hogging the mic like yeah, I sure. usually do? So we're going to have a bit of a, a chinwag about our top five... Not so top five. Five games that remind each of us about Christmas in some capacity. So it might be yeah. that the jolly red man appears, it might be that there's simply just snow, but some link to Christmas in some way. Yeah, I've been sort of a little bit lax, so mine are more like Christmassy, wintery sort of fair. So basically, if they've got snow in, then they qualified for my list. Yeah, I found three straight off the bat, and then the other two were, were scraping. So prepare yourself. Okay, fair enough. What I have done is, to make up for my sort of lax decision-making process, I've actually categorised mine. So I've got categories to go with each of my games. So, you know, it's going to be a bit like an award ceremony for Christmas games and snowy games. And I've just gone top five list, as is tradition for me. Love list. Totally fine. It's my Christmas present yeah. to myself. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you know what you're getting for Christmas? Probably a bit of coal, the way I've been paving this year. A bit of coal. Yeah. What about you? Oh, dear. I know some things that I'm getting for Christmas. Quite looking Ooh. forward to it, to be honest. Actually, no, so. I tell like I know two things I'm getting from my mum because I went and found them. And went and found them, as in went round to your mum's and found them? Yeah, during the summer. What? <laughs> Over the summer, there were, there were two games that mysteriously disappeared off my Amazon wish list. And nice. going back to what you said last week about Majora's Mask, I know where my mum hides uh, her presents. Obviously, she needs to hide them <laughs> because, you know, I'm 34, I don't live there anymore. So I went and had a little look in the cupboard and, yep, there they were. And my mum realised what I'd done because, firstly, she heard my footsteps from downstairs. And secondly, the cupboard that they were in, I'd forgotten to close it properly. So she knew what I'd done and she was not very happy. I regressed yeah. in many ways. What can she do, though? You're 34. She can't do anything. You can't. She can't touch you. What are they? What are you getting? The new Super Mario Brothers Wii U deluxe repackaging thingy for the, uh, the switch okay and mm. uh the paper mario for the switch right okay so hang on do you you maintain a wish list that other people can access to buy you stuff i maintain a wish list for my mum to buy me stuff no one else for your mum to buy yeah okay, <laughs> i mean again this this whole like arrested development uh, thing i've got going on it, it sort of ties into that really i've got a wish list but i doubt if anyone even knows it exists or if they'd be bothered if they if right. they did know it exists okay so it, it's a it's just a way to keep an eye on things that yeah. i'm interested in myself so yeah good pair of games from what i uh, have gathered yeah what about you? What are you? What do you know you're getting or think you're getting? I know. I know that I'm getting some board games. That's what I know. And awesome. I also know a computer game that I will be getting. Which tomorrow. is? So, well, it's a bit of a story, actually. I, If you remember in our Gamers Gift Guide at yep. the beginning of December, I said that I was getting Ghost of Tsushima. 
for Christmas. You maybe don't remember that, but I did say that. And I said that I'd be able to talk about it for next week's episode, which which is our 2020 rundown uh, Mm -hmm. of games. However, I then decided that it might do me good to have played a bit more of Ghost of Tsushima than I would be able to fit in in the week between this episode and next. So I made a bargain with my wife, who had bought me the game already. (laughs) Right. Uh, I felt really cheeky. It's the sort of thing that I would relish the thought of doing, but when I actually came to do it, I felt awful. Because I said to, to Hannah, I said, right, this is the situation. Is it possible that maybe I could play it a little bit early? And she, in, in order of this really, really important podcast, what it I do. is really important. It's really important, of course. Got to be professional, Chris. Got to be professional. That's right. that's the rules. She agreed because she's lovely, as you know. And she agreed. She let me have it. And then I felt so bad having played it that I went and bought myself another game that I wanted, <laughs> and said, "Look, keep that away from me till Christmas." This is we're doing an exchange. So yeah, I I now know what that game is because I I stole the game that I was supposed to be getting off my wife. You sort of self-flagellated, didn't you? You, you, you Do you know, I every year I bug Hannah to tell me what I've got for Christmas. Like as a as a bit of a playful uh, yeah. back and forth, you know, Bounce. during December. Yeah, if you want to call it that. I do. And every year she resists and every year I get her to a point where she's like, do you want me to tell you? And I go, no, no, I don't want me to tell yeah. you. I back off because I don't really want to know is what I found out this year. Because, uh, and, and certainly like... I never want to get... I don't actually want my Christmas presents early, is what I found out as well. Because as soon as I got the opportunity to have one early, and there was somewhat a, a somewhat legitimate excuse, mm-hmm. I shat the bed and uh, we completely withdrew. Yeah, and then felt awful. So never going to do it again. It's more the pleasure, for want of a better word, is, is in the actual... The, the fact it's going to come at some point rather than the actual playing of it. Yeah, I think it's the messing yeah. around of trying to coax... Hannah, my wife, into into this. I just find the game fun yeah. more than the actual achievement, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the week between Christmas and New Year. Obviously, coming up in a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. I, a friend of mine referred to this. Um, I think it's an internet thing, but I think it's a brilliant phrase. Crimbo limbo. Yeah, you've told me that before. It does It does make a lot of sense. That that lull between the, the two, it's uh, perfect. So I just, I just wanted to mention that just to, to spread that, that phrase. Just in case somebody listening doesn't know the... Uh, the term, yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I think it's perfect. But yeah, that's fine. It's all right. I'm not. I'm not having a go. All right. It's fine. It's a good. It's a good phrase. Should we get stuck into these games? Yeah. Do you want to go first with one of your categories? Well, I I didn't know if you wanted to go first. Do you want me Ooh. to start? It's all gone very polite and British, hasn't it? Stiff up lip and all that. Uh, you go first. All right. So I've got one, two. I've got four categories, but more than five games. So I've cheated a little bit, but. <laughs> Right. I'm starting with the biggie. I'm starting with the biggie, and it is most Christmassy game. Okay. So okay. the most Christmassy game that I play is actually is that. So here comes the cheating. It's actually a series of games. Any ideas what it might be before I tell you? Oh crikey! So to help me with my getting my five games, I googled Christmassy games, and the same oh. games pop up every so often. So when you mention it's probably going to be a game I, I came across, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any series of games that are Christmassy. No. Well, because I don't necessarily think you have to have Santa or whatever in the game to make it feel Christmassy. So I will tell you what it is. It's all of the Marios. Okay. All of the Marios. Is that because you got them for Christmas? 
each year or something. No, no, not necessarily. They they all t- well, certainly the newer ones have tended to come out around Christmas. So when Mario Galaxy came out, that was a big old Christmas yeah it was. game, and I think it was in the second year of the Wii's release, and Christmas, people couldn't get a Wii for love nor money. Two thousand and seven, that came out. Yeah, so that's the second year of the Wii's release. Wii's were off the shelves, like nobody could get them mm. to the point when one of my friends that I was at uni with, uh, he wanted to get his brother one very generous uh, gifting wanted to get his brother one and ended up buying him one on christmas eve in a pub yeah <laughs> slightly dodgy territory mm. but he'd spent he'd he'd spent so we left university um for that christmas period probably about two weeks before christmas and he'd been looking for two weeks prior to that so the whole of december he was looking and he ended up buying one i think slightly over the odds uh from a man in a pub yeah. with Mario Galaxy. I mean, was it a legit Wii from the man down the pub? Oh, yeah, it was right. legit, legitimate. It's still got it. Specifically, if I want to zoom in a little bit, specifically what makes Mario's Christmassy isn't just the fact that they come out at Christmas, although they do. It's a couple of things. There is a lot of like really nice-sounding, Christmassy, festive-y sound, sort of music in Definitely. those games. So starting off with Mario Brothers 3, The Iceland. Do you remember playing Mario Brothers yeah, for the... Yeah, and you remember the Iceland tune? It's like really tinkly and it it feels like glass or ice shattering on the floor. I mean, I've got a couple of bits of music in my head, but I can't remember if they're from Mario 3 or they might even be from playing Mario Kart because they have Mm. wintry levels in, which they've got like almost like, I mean, you just mentioned glass. It is, it's very delicate music. Yeah, so in Mario Brothers 3, I wouldn't have called it um, delicate. I would have called it glassy. Which sounds like the same thing, but it's almost like the glass is breaking. I'm sending it to you now anyway. So right. I've just sent you a YouTube link. I'm prepared for this eventuality. That is Super Mario Bros. 3, the Iceland music. Okay, it's just loading up. Tense, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a real nice piece. Of, well, not a nice piece of music. It's it's a cool piece of music. And it makes me kind of feel cold. Yeah, that's what I mean. The has been delicate. It's twinkly Plinky. and yeah. Tinky. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I so you're associating that with like it sounds like stars like twinkling. Yeah, and I, I can't. I totally get that. I kind of see it as like icicles falling down from a or, or drops of really cold water dropping down from the icicles uh, in a cave or something. It's um, it's that sort of sound. Um, I w- we will put these links in the description. So if anyone's listening, going, what the hell are they talking about? Trying to describe <laughs> this music. The link will be down down below. So uh, have a look there. That theme continues, but they get they only get more festive. So Specifically, Mario Brothers Three is is wintry, but then the new Super Mario Brothers series, which you've already mentioned, mm-hmm. being on your Christmas receipt list, if that's right. Yeah, all of the wintry levels in there in that series are really nice and, and Christmassy. I would say actually festive rather than wintry. So I've just sent you another one. Okay, that is from the first new Super Mario Brothers, I think, on, on the DS. On the DS, oh, I did not like at all. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a shame. The game, I think, the game's lovely. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's nice. And then I'll skip forward. No, I won't. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to bombard you with these um, these sounds because they're all really nice. Um, this one is from the Wii. This is New Super Mario Brothers Wii. It's it opens up with sleigh bells. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they've, they've really take, gone for the Christmas ta- feel. Yeah, precisely. They've they've really taken mm. snow. And that just carries on. So sleigh bells are like the quintessential Christmas sound. So once you start to get sleigh bells in a piece of music, it really, to me anyway, it signifies Christmas. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever created a song about sleigh bells in not deliberately making it Christmassy. 
Precisely. So they know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And for it to reoccur in, Ma- in uh, throughout the Mario series, both in the 2D games and the 3D games, is is saying something. They're sort of they're trying to big up the Christmas, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Now, um, the uh, we've actually mentioned Mario Galaxy coming out in uh, at Christmas time. Mario Galaxy the series the two games they're actually some of the least christmassy sounding games because they've got such a strong sound of their own they you know if you hear mario galaxy music it doesn't matter what world or level or what theme they're going for it all sounds like mario galaxy which actually then diminishes the the feeling of the christmas however mm-hmm. there are gameplay elements that make me feel christmassy as well so new super mario brothers wii i don't know if you remember or if you played it it has a little penguin suit i'm aware of the penguin suit because of the lego mario um, i, I oh, never right, played uh, the mario on the wii no. that one because i just did not enjoy the ds version at all so i never bothered. but you are getting the new game I'm getting that because I'm planning on playing it two-player with my daughter. Oh, very nice idea. So the the little penguin suit's a lovely little penguin suit, uh, a lovely little suit with with cool powers. You can slide about on mm. your belly, and it makes these squeaky little footsteps, which are cool. <laughs> and then Odyssey is probably the most Christmassy of all the games. Well, do you want to put a, do you want to put a pin in that, and I can go in with one of my Christmas games there. Go on. Which is Mario Odyssey. Okay. So why have you chosen it then? So this is one of the crossovers. Snow Kingdom. Yeah, so Snow Kingdom. Yeah. Snow Kingdom is, as the name would suggest, a kingdom that is all snowy and icy. When I was thinking about games feeling Christmassy, that was the one that I just kept coming back to. So you've got the music is Christmassy. I think the sleigh bells in there. It's yeah. got, like I said, the snow and the ice, the actual atmosphere itself, the, the the environment, sorry. The characters that you encounter, the the friendly characters are all dressed up in uh, the, the Shiverians, Shiverians. Because the, yeah. the, the land itself is called Shiveria. They've all got like, you know, thick Christmas jumpers and they've got hoods up and that is this sort of like cross between a, a seal and a polar bear. And then a couple of the moons that you get in that kingdom are this racing, which is where you bounce along the track. Mm. And that just is so, for me, I find it really simple. I know when I was uh, playing it, I looked at some videos of people on YouTube and people seem to really dislike that challenge. I personally really enjoyed it and i've every time i play it it just makes me smile because it's just so much fun just bouncing around this track while that's not directly christmasy just that that sense of joy i guess that means sound a bit poncy is just it's just really nice no i think that's completely a legitimate reason to to say it feels like christmas the, it's supposed to be the this the season is supposed to be um all about joy spreading joy isn't it yeah so a game that a game that does that as as Odyssey does in Spades, yeah. I would say that's completely legitimate uh, reason. That level has more things. So you said about the Shiverians when they're bouncing around, they curl mm. up into a ball, and and about their coats as well. Well, all I could see when they were bouncing around was baubles. Ah, they yeah. look kind of like baubles because they're highly patterned their yes. coats, and then they they curl up into these really tight circ- uh, balls. Uh, so there's baubles there. But do you remember the for anyone that hasn't played Odyssey, for one for one of the five or six people that haven't played Odyssey in the world maybe, the enemies all wear hats and that you knock off and then you can I take them over. Just thinking that as you start talking, they're all Santa hats, aren't they? They're all Santa hats yeah, in Snow Kingdom. I yeah. About that. So um even the Goombas are running around in little Santa hats. And that's all year round. That's not like a special Christmas uh, bonus that they only unlock at Christmas or anything. That's all the way through the year. And you unlock a Santa outfit, don't you? You can unlock a Santa outfit, yeah. yeah. So I think that was part of the DLC. It was free DLC that came out. So Mario Odyssey came out in October 2017. And that Christmas, they released this 
update that had these uh, two or three free costumes in. So you didn't have to pay for yeah. it at all. And Santa was one yeah. of them. I can't remember the other two were off the top of my head. But yes, so it is DLC, but free. Free DLC. Do you remember landing in the Snow Kingdom? Do you remember, like, Doesn't actual arrival? He lands with a thud in the snow. And then he sort of start, goes up and, like, sh- shivers and sort of shakes yeah. a bit. Yeah, and there's a blizzard going on. Mm-hmm. So you arrive into this uh, into this land, and there's a blizzard, and there's fog and snow and hail. It, it's it, it's lashing in your face, and then um, you sort of walk into the mist and into the into the unknown, and just very faintly in the distance you hear a sound, and then the sound starts to become a little bit clearer and a little bit louder, and it's sleigh bells again. Oh, okay. If you follow the sound, it leads you to the well opening that you drop down into Shiveria. Mm-hmm the town and then the music again uh, features sleigh bells very heavily so this thing that they have been sort of running through this theme that they've been running through certainly the new super mario brothers games it sort of culminates i think in this big explosion of christmassy sentiment in uh, in snow kingdom yeah i can't help but f- play those games and it feels joyous and it feels christmassy to me yeah completely so one of your games is is odyssey based yes. on the snow kingdom okay given that i've just rambled quite a long time what is your next game okay i'll go for a bit like you did i'll go for the one that for me is when i think of christmas is probably the one that jumps to mind straight away yep so for me christmas game is james pond 2 robocod oh okay go on so this is a game i got for my i think eighth birthday or ninth birthday in july 1995 so i said to be nice then july 1995 so pretty much about as far away from christmas as you can get but the plot of the game is that you are at Santa's workshop and it's been taken over by the antagonist of the series, Dr. Maybe. He is taking over all the toys and turning them bad so that when they go off to the, the boys and girls at Christmas time, they'll turn on them or, or something like that. But the hub world is Santa's workshop. It's got snow on the ground and it's this big building that looks really mystical and and it was really nicely designed and then all the levels themselves i remember there's a level where it's all themed around teddy bears and the boss is a gigantic teddy bear yeah there's other levels that themed around race cars and there's one that's themed around ballet dancers like the ones you get like in a like a music box so it it takes that toy theme and that's the the bread and butter of the game so everything about that game is christmasy to me i concur with the, your assessment of the game. Even the... Hmm, I was going to say the colour palette as well. The colour palette to me of James Pond is quite a toyish. Mm. It, it's quite... It, this doesn't sound positive, but it's garish mm. in a children's toy way. Yeah, that, and, that, was, that was exactly the word that sprung to mind when you pointed that out. And actually the, the hub world, the, the factory, is quite muted because it's whites and it's blues to, to give that yeah. frozen feel to it. And then when you go to the levels that are all themed around toys, it's really bright in your face to, to contrast mm. with that, actually. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of conjures up the living room floor when you've unwrapped all your presents and you've just got... Un- unless you had one of them mums that shoved it all in a bag as you were unwrapping them. Just a, just a bed of uh of wrapping paper all different colors and patterns and shapes that's the kind of feel that i get from a james pond level that was my dad's job every single present you're on rats don't don't do the next one i've got to put the wrapping paper in the oh no in, in the bin bag stop having okay. fun <laughs> exactly do you do that are you now and now i do that yeah oh no oh dear <laughs> the mantle has been passed oh <laughs> james bond's a good choice thank you so hmm We've mentioned it during the Rise of the Rescue episode as been, and you said it's a game you're not particularly keen on, but... I used to love it, so I don't know if we've talked about it on 
Mike. I, I used to really enjoy James Pond. It was one of those games uh, that another friend of mine owned. The the same friend that owned Green Dog owned James Pond, and I used to go around and play it at his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and used to really enjoy it. I've played it since and wished I hadn't. Right. Because I now... because I had fond memories, and I still have fond memories, but they're somewhat marred by the experience of having played it relatively recently and realizing what sort of game it is but that i'm sure is a is a whole episode in itself because it's a game that you hold somewhat dear and a, a game that i have uh experienced <laughs> also 100%, yeah um, so yeah that's probably an episode okay do you want to go into your next game category then? yeah category number two for me i have called most affecting game affecting okay so the game that affects me the most and the I've told you to hold off watching that Odyssey video because it actually nearly made it into this category. Uh, it came in second place to another game. That game is Journey. I don't think you've played it. I've played Journey at yours. Oh, right. Okay. I played about half finished an it. hour. So Journey, for anyone that doesn't know Journey, it was released on the PlayStation 3. And you are a an entity, a person clothed in this robe, this red robe, and you you take a trip through a world that starts off in a desert and ends with you climbing up a mountain. Ah, And it's the mountain section that I think is just so affecting. I think it possibly relies on having taken the journey through the desert and the contrast with the desert to some extent. But it has, it has in it, in and of itself, it's been very effectively structured. You go into a building from the desert and then you traverse through the building. And as you exit the building, you've got this doorway that frames the outside world. And through a hole in the roof is uh, just softly falling snowflakes. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks quite magical and mystical and strange. So you go through that door and you you emerge having been in this desert you emerge onto this mountain side with a quite a, a shallow gradient uh, heading upwards and as you go further and further it starts to get more and more difficult the gradient starts to get higher and higher and it start uh, and you start to struggle to get up it you, you're there for quite a while and you you sort of you take this journey and it gets ever more harrowing and and the the weather starts to close in on you right the blizzard starts to starts up and you start actually I, you know again it, it's one of those games that makes me feel cold experiencing it and then the the weather starts to close in on you and your world starts to get having been like this huge world that you've that you've traversed through your world starts to close in and get ever smaller and ever smaller until you get to a point where you can't see two feet in front of you the wind is whipping around you you're struggling to walk each step is a is a slog and you collapse right into the snow and that is how the game ends <laughs> oh is it so if anyone hasn't played journey uh i should probably have put a spoiler a spoiler warning earlier it's fine um, it came out what 10 years ago exactly it? yeah that's sure that's my fine. that's my view um i'll put a spoiler warning in in the description so uh yeah it'll be there but yeah so that is how the game ends and then you restart the game it you, you die up there basically having spent the whole game trying to get there you die just before you get there and then you have this um it's not actually the end the end there is some stuff that happens after that is quite a latery and then you wake up back at the start so yeah 
So when you said Re- affecting... Really, really affecting. Obviously, that's mentally affecting, but then you also said physically yes. it made you makes you feel cold yeah, when you play exactly. it. So that's quite a, an interesting double whammy, isn't it? Precisely. And that's why it won out against Mario Odyssey. Because if you remember Mario Odyssey, it's, it starts off, you come out of your ship into this blizzard, and then there's the, the music in the distance that you follow. It kind of made me feel cold, but it doesn't have the emotional impact yeah, of course. that Journey has. And Journey accomplishes that using this wintry weather. And I don't think that they necessarily would have got the same effect if it had been any other weather yeah a game that makes me feel cold and a little bit sad a bit melancholy right we're going to go from that then i'm going to go for a complete left field choice go on. so we've talked about emotions and the way that journey made you feel so i'm going to go for something that's completely the opposite end of that spectrum and is crass and brash and loud hmm. okay okay and that choice is bully all right okay Fair enough. So I haven't played enough of Bully to know that there is snow in it. So there you go. You're going to have to explain to me so what's this going is, on with Bully. I mean, there is snow, but there is more to the, the Christmas aspect than just snow. So I suppose those... it's Christmas break or something. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So for those that haven't played it or are familiar with it, Bully is a game from Rockstar that came out, I think, 2006. In It takes place over the course of the year, the school year, of the main protagonist uh, jimmy there are five chapters to the game chapter three takes place around the december time it ends up being the maps being pretty big i mean not that San Andreas yeah. size big mm. but pretty big nonetheless for a school yeah precisely so the third chapter which as we said takes place around christmas time has the whole map covered in snow so physically you get to see those changes within the game itself actually affecting mm. the environment specifically in the scholarship edition so this was the remaster if you want to call it that version of bully that came out for the 360 in the wii in that chapter there were several new missions that were added in that are much more Christmassy. So in these four missions, there were only in the 360 and Wii versions, you encounter a, a, a tramp who is drunk all the time and is dressed up as Santa. And the game, if I remember rightly, plays it quite ambiguous as to whether this person is actually Santa or not. I think it errs more towards, yeah, obviously this person is not Santa, but I think that it sort of plays about with you a little bit. The missions that revolve around this character are all Christmassy or snow themed so there's a mission where you are on a roof of a building and there's some greasers because the game has these different school gangs the greasers who are exactly what you'd imagine from Greece and 1950s culture etc and you're up on this roof throwing snowballs at them to stop them from doing something with the mission itself stop them being bad yeah stop them being bad guys the second mission it is called Miracle on Bullworth Street, so nice little reference there, which is where you have to destroy There's some Christmas decorations that have been put up in the town centre and the Tramps doesn't approve of them, so you have to destroy them. And then the third mission, which was my favourite, was where you have to go back to the school and there's a Christmas concert taking place, but a load of people have pulled out for some reason. So you have to go up on stage dressed up in a Nutcracker outfit, because you can unlock outfits during the course of the game as well, and do essentially Guitar Hero, but oh. played on the xylophone. <laughs> And cool. it's all for Christmas songs. On the Wii version, that's where you physically hold the Wii mote and the nunchuck and you had to bang them. Give it a bash. To, oh, uh, to nice. make it And it was just really lovely. I really like Bully. It got a bit of a bad press because I think people misunderstood what the game set out to do. And also it came off the back of San Andreas. But I think it's a great game. At the very least, it's worth having a look at the missions on YouTube because they are really fun. Mm. Yeah, cool. I definitely will. So off the back of Bully, what's your next category and what's your next game? I would say this is my most fucking hell my words today um this is my shallowest category i would say uh right. so is this a this game category, that you wanted to talk about and you 
thought of an arbitrary category. No, no. Okay. No, this was a genuine sensation. So maybe not. It it was a thing that I was very impressed by when I first experienced it. And it's the best looking snow. Okay. So that is my category. The game that I first went, oh, wow, that snow is pretty cool, is Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I know, I would expect that when I say that, people will be screaming, but what about this game? So I've actually got to mention as well, because I think that having had a few years on Rise of the Tomb Raider they, and, and possibly a better tech, they have superseded the quality of snow. Red Dead Redemption 2 starts off, it has like a four hour section at the beginning where you're trudging through these mountains in in quite desperate situations, desperate mm-hmm. state. And the snow is phenomenal. It's deep, it's crispy and crunchy and it, it just looks phenomenal as they, as it moves around and deforms under the weight of, you, of your characters and of your horse and things like that. It is, it's brilliant. And God of War is another one where snow just blows you away almost almost literally like it it's everywhere at the beginning and it just looks crisp it looks like the sort of snow you would be happy to eat not that i eat snow very often i was often. just gonna say you know what i mean though it's it's just so fresh looking and lovely my daughter was watching a, a program on cbbc yesterday and a kid gave some advice he said not to eat red snow and oh that is dark the presenters didn't know what to say i think i don't think i knew what to, I mean, what, what on earth well i know what he's getting at but yeah where did that come from the kid was about nine, nine or ten. It was uh, sorry that wow. just popped into my mind. You, you saying that? No, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, don't eat the red snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. Don't eat the brown snow or any any snow that's not I mean, white. Any color. But, I mean, don't eat snow. Really, that I would feel be like my we should issue that disclaimer. Yeah, don't eat any of the snow. Don't eat any <laughs> snow. You know, unless it comes in a cup, <laughs> being freshly made for you, then you can eat it. So yeah, it's quite a quite a quick one. That really that that category but if you want to see some of the best snow in games today then red dead redemption 2 and god of war are probably the place to go if you want to see one of the earlier examples of it there's still is pretty amazing rise of the tomb raider that's where where my first experience of brilliant brilliant in-game snow was so those are your bear with me not honorable mentions but honorable men snow shins i i I mean, I feel like that will definitely get cut, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, it definitely shouldn't. <laughs> it definitely should. But I'll see how charitable, how festive I'm feeling Scrooge. when I get to the editing. Yeah, it's quite a shallow one, isn't it? Because it's all about aesthetics. But then aesthetics are a big part of, of games and they can make they can make a game sometimes or an experience. I mean, you say shallow, it depends so, on how much how long snow's been falling for. How, really, how long? Yeah, true, yeah. true. Red Dead Redemption 2 quite deep snow and that's what makes it good so yeah next category please chris or next game you haven't categorized yours yet have you office christmas party have you photocopied your bum yet i i've broken the photocopier so i can't right okay yeah i uh slapped my no i don't want to go no you don't i don't that, actually want to go for that <laughs> that's the surefire way to a, a, a lawsuit and a conversation with hr in the morning that we don't want yeah yeah so but that, is how, that is how i broke it i'll charge headlong into my fourth Christmas game, which is Christmas Lemmings. Yeah. Okay, cool. I kind of guessed that this was coming up. I mean, it's it's obvious. We talked about it back way back in episode nine when we did Lemmings. Did we really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, we did. Yes, I remember actually now. Yeah. So Christmas Lemmings. Tell us about Christmas Lemmings. Well, I I did a bit of a a search for it and it's got quite a mysterious history. So from, from what I can tell, these were two Christmas themed Lemmings levels, so you've got y- your snow and there's a snowman, etc. They were initially given away as a, a demo on a disc that was mounted on the front of a, a magazine. But then some websites I was looking into said that it was released as a full game. Some places said that it was released as four separate floppy disks on different magazines. So I couldn't really find a, a concrete answer mm. as to what the game actually was. But 
it definitely existed. This is a game that I actually remember playing at my, this would be my mum's cousin. So is that my great cousin or is that cousin once removed? I can never remember. Once removed, I think, but yeah, that's I think so a different well. podcast. It is, yeah. I think I was probably about seven or eight, went around there one Christmas and uh, she had it and I played, I remember thinking it was really cool. Just the fact mm. it's Lemmings, which I had played at that point and really enjoyed, but it was a, a Christmas version of Lemmings. Did you play it at Christmas time? Yes, I did. I Double think that whammy. is pretty cool. Like, yeah, exactly. It's an interesting artifact because you kind of think, or I certainly kind of think of Christmas DLC as being a new thing, but really that is a kind of mm. a different way to get that same thing out there. You know, it's the equivalent of taking Odyssey and releasing the Mario suit through Game Informer or something. An interesting window into how things have moved on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Going back to the early 90s, if you missed that month when that magazine yeah. was out, then you, you've you missed your chance to get that, which maybe... I mean, one of the websites I looked at said that it did get a full release in 1994, but I couldn't find any websites to corroborate that, so I'm not sure how mm. legitimate that is. It's around, I can yeah. say that much. Yeah. You, you can get it now. So in the 90s, it would have been a much harder affair, but you can get it now if anyone's interested. I'm not putting that link in the description. No. So have you got, is it one more you've got or two more? Yeah, so ending on a bum note, I've got one oh, more. Yeah. yeah. Have you got one more? Yes, I have. Shall I go for yeah, my so last one and end on your bum note? You can if you like. Yeah, we'll uh, end as we mean to go on. Well, if I was on nicely from what you just said about DLC, actually, my last game is the DLC for Costume Quest, which is Grubbins on Ice. Yes. So I this is one of those shame things. I bought Grubbins on Ice, never played it. I don't even know if I installed it. Well, I mean, you say shame. I'm a bad that. man. That is the majority of my games. Bought it, not played it. Fair enough. Costume Quest, for anyone who has not played Costume Quest, firstly, it's fantastic and you should definitely play mm. Costume Quest. It's a cross between a action-adventure Zelda-type game on the overworld with the whole premise is it's Halloween and the, the children are trick-or-treating. They've got these costumes on and grubbins, which are like goblin-type creatures mm. that have, have invaded the world. And when you bump into them onto the map, it then goes into a Final Fantasy-style battle with the character. And whatever costume you're wearing you then become this like enormous really fierce aggressive version of that so for example there's a robot costume which is you know just a cardboard box etc and you amble around the map dressed in this cardboard box and then you go into the battle and you send this enormous power rangers style mech that can then take on the grubbin and it's, it's just a really fun game because it marries these two disparate sounding genres really really easily grubbins on ice is christmas themed dlc the point of the game is that it takes place immediately after the first one which takes place at halloween so it sort of ties in and follows on the story etc it's just more of the same really just christmasy snow yeah it's themed around from what i understand themed around the i the idea of like the holiday on ice thing and the disney on ice idea is that oh, right okay I'd, I'd never actually got that no i i never really understood why it was called grubbins on ice but that makes complete oh, right. sense um I, I think that's why it is for a lot of people a christmas staple isn't it going to yeah. see or in normal years it is anyway don't know about this year yeah i've never been seeing them they look hellish in my opinion which <laughs> Okay. Well, speaking of hellish, um, I've got my final category. My final category is most frustrating. Okay. So right. do you follow my reasoning here or do I need, shall I explain? I should probably explain. Yeah. So most frustrating is Is it not based having batteries on, on Christmas morning? Because that is pretty frustrating. No, although I should have gone for that. Snow levels, icy levels tend to, for some people, hold a certain amount of frustration because with snow and with ice, you get that lack of friction. Yeah. The slipping and sliding around. If you're in a platformer, 
you might end up falling off the edge of a platform because you slide off the edge. So the the introduction of snow and ice for a lot of people into their games is an unwelcome frustration. Preach. And that... <laughs> Did you say preach? Yeah, I com- I'm completely yeah, okay. with you. I cannot okay. stand snow ice levels. It's it's one of those tropes. And as soon as you get to a snow or an ice level, oh. Well, hopefully the games that I've, I've chosen book that trend. That's what I was going for. However, I thought I needed to address the elephant in the room, which is that people feel that ice, ice and snow levels are quite frustrating, quite annoying. I have chosen a game that I feel, for me, does snow levels in a frustrating way. Okay. Right. Have you got one? It, like, if you were going for this category, have you got one that you would put in here before I tell you what mine is? The Mario ice snow levels. Really? Because it's that <sighs> lack of control, which for Mario is so integral to the gameplay. We've talked, I think we mentioned in an early episode this year, about when Luigi is unlocked in Mario Galaxy, which up until and he's that super point, floaty and yeah, and I mm. just I couldn't I couldn't carry on playing it because I just found it so frustrating. Yeah, sorry for you. I'm quite okay with the Mario th- snow levels, so we we'll gloss over that. We'll pretend you never said it. Otherwise, we'll skate we'll over it. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Skate over the thin ice that is this potential conversation. <laughs> nice, well done. Good, good building of the metaphor there. Thank you very much. I'm going to try... No, I'm not. Um, Space Station <laughs> Space Station Silicon Valley is my choice. I, is this a game that you've played? We only mentioned last week during the Majora's Mask episode that free magazine I got from Curry's that I had a little flick through that mentioned the 64 Double D. And I remember Space Station Silicon Valley being in there and looking yeah. at it and thinking, this sounds amazing. And that's the end of my experience with Space Station Silicon Valley. I've never played it. I just know what it is. It Isn't it where you can take on other people, other characters? You go into their bodies? Yeah. So it's got some links, actually, to games that we've already mentioned. Some very direct ones, in so much as it it was developed by DMA Design, who are Rockstar North, the uh, prior incarnation of Rockstar North, who also made Bully. No, it was Toronto, wasn't it? Well, they also made Lemmings. They also made Lemmings. But they're also part of the family that... Yeah, he's Rockstar. So DMA Design, prior to becoming Rockstar North, they put this out on the N64. It did come to the PlayStation, but I had it on the N64. And did I, it come I to the think PlayStation? Again, yes, it did. I yeah. did not know that. Yep, it did. I think I actually mentioned it last week as well because it was one of the games that came with my N64 originally and it had a box that was as flat as a pancake before I even got it. Right. So the box had been absolutely trashed and the game was sat on top of it. It didn't have a manual. Great. So that was Just quite frustrating. In, yeah. In and of itself, that was quite frustrating because the game is quite intricate. Another link that it has is to Mario Odyssey because one of the mechanic or the main mechanic of Space Station Silicon Valley is that you're a little chip that can run around on its little legs and jump into different robotic animals that populate this space station Silicon Valley. Mm. It has very obvious mechanical links to the way that Cappy works in Odyssey. The problem was that that's all explained in the manual and I didn't understand any of that really going into the game. I didn't understand how to take over animals or anything. But that is a conversation for another day because that's not really what was frustrating Mm. snow-wise. It was frustrating in and of itself but in terms of the snow levels, for one, so the space station is separated into four separate zones. The second zone is all snow stuff. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven levels, seven quite big sort of sandbox levels Crikey. in the snow area. So it outstayed its welcome. That was frustrating. Yeah. And then the slipping and sliding around, that was just so frustrating to me in Space Station Silicon Valley because the only the only characters that had a great 
a grip on the ground that could walk along without sliding around on ice or that could walk up hills that were covered with snow. The only animals that did that were penguins. For the most part, you weren't playing as a penguin. You were playing as a husky or a sea lion or something or something not a penguin. So trying to climb up hills that have got like an item at the top was just more difficult than it, it should ever have been uh, and very annoying. And on top of that, if you layer on top of that the, the other frustrations that, that I had with this game, because frankly and admittedly the game the whole game was frustrating for me right if you layer on top of that level of frustration the snowy and icy escapades of those seven levels of of the snow zone it was just too much for my little 12 year old mind to take i mean i'd argue that out of the two animals a husky and a penguin a husky would probably have better grip on snow than a penguin probably probably i mean what we need to do after this christmas party is we need to go break into a zoo get a husky and a penguin and challenge them to a race i don't know that that many zoos have huskies to be honest i think they're more a pet we've got to find a way to settle this though Mm. we'll find a way and then we will do an episode on it maybe right all right okay uh from jail Yep. So the the game itself was frustrating, but the snow levels were more frustrating. I'm wondering, though, whether because I found everything else so frustrating and because it taken so much effort to get to that point anyway, whether I was just... It was the strawberry already. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually... This will be a game that we we talk about at length for a whole episode. Mm -hmm. I do expect i kind of anticipate that i was unjustly hard on the game when i was younger it has quite a good reputation from what it I does have quite a good reputation it. yeah it does so yeah i i'm aware of that and that's one of the things that feeds into the thought that i might have been a bit harsh on it so it's your gaming hell but with caveats yeah like it's my it's it's not little nemo where i'm fairly sure that it's gonna be crap when we go back to it i think that i i hated this for all the wrong reasons Okay. So, yeah. Space Station Silicon Valley. There you go. Right. Frustrating snow levels. Can I add a bonus category? Of course you can. So, bonus category, board game. Okay? So, this is my board... If you're sick to death of playing games, are you listening to the wrong podcast first? But if you are, if you just want to put them down for a, for an afternoon over Christmas, then I would recommend that you find yourself a copy of the game Ice Cool. And I say that like that because if you say it fast, it you... Mm, you sound like you're saying another set of words ice school ice school ice school so it sounds like high school i was gonna say either icicle or i school but okay. ice, ice cool ice school so it sounds like you're saying high school in a, in a roundabout way uh, the game is a dexterity game you have these little plastic penguins and they pop up board like a 3d board and the the board is a school it's a high school and the penguins are going to school in the high school and you have to move them around the school from room to room but you can only flick them <laughs> So, right. And you might have to get them from, say, the one corner of the school to the other corner of the school. That might involve, instead of flicking them through doorways, you might have to flick them over the walls to land them in another place. It's a brilliantly fun game. And it's it's one of those five to five hundred games, you know, yeah. like you can play it whether you're five or ninety nine or whatever. It's a big old family game. Chunks of fun. Just loads of fun. I was thinking you were talking about, I've just Googled it. There's a game called Penguin Pileup or Perilous Penguins, which is very mm. similar. The game board i suppose you call it is like a plastic iceberg and you've got these penguins and you have to balance but i think the iceberg's kind of weighted in the middle so if you put it on one side that the iceberg will tip a little bit and that's really fun well there you go there's a pair of non-video games non-computer games that you can play with the family this christmas if you're quick and can get it delivered in time there's a both themed around penguins and balancing bizarrely exactly and a bit of snow yeah 
Lovely. There, that is our Christmassy, festive, wintry roundup of games for this year. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, come and let us know. If you haven't, stay away. Yeah, stay the hell away. Get off our lawn. Yeah, or come and explain why. Or come and tell us which games you would have listed for our little uh, celebration of snow in computer games. We're on Facebook and tw- and Twitter and also Instagram and YouTube, but Facebook and Twitter are probably the best for conversations, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, come and find us there. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Have a really lovely Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to all of you. And we'll see you next week on December 31st for our 2020 roundup. Our yeah. top five games of the year. Yep. I might have cheated on that one as well, but we'll see. Right. Okay. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. <laughs>